Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our continued discussions of the Satsandharvas of Srila Jiva Goswami. We are still in the beginning stages of this study, uh, discussing the Tattva Sandharva, the first of his six Sandharvas, four dealing with Sambandha Gyan, one with Abhideya and one with Prayoja. In the beginning he is establishing his epistemology or his method of uh, acquiring knowledge not really his, but he's making it clear to us it should be ours <laughs> because he has adopted it and uh, he can fully uh, support it. And that validity of this particular approach to spiritual knowledge is uh, very significant to our Madhvagodya Sampradaya. Uh, Jiva Goswami is our Tattva Acharya. So we can begin by chanting his invocation to the Tattva Sandarva, to all his Sandarvas, which is from the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna Varnam Tusa Krishnam Sango Pangastraparsidam Yajnai Sankirtana Prayar Yajantihi Sumedasa In the age of Kali, intelligent persons perform congregational chanting to worship the incarnation of Godhead who constantly sings the names of Krishna. Although his complexion is not blackish, he is Krishna himself. He is accompanied by his associates, servants, weapons, and confidential companions. So we're now to that section of the Tatvas and Dharma dealing with the epistemology that is core to our Sampradaya, which is Srimad Bhagavatam that method of knowledge which is centered around one specific Puranic text amongst all the all the copus of Vedic knowledge that's available from the Vedas themselves, the Vedanta Sutra, the Mahabharata, the 18 Puranas major and the 18 minor. This one specific text, Srimad Bhagavatam, is core for a theistic understanding of the nature of the Supreme Self and in relationship to Him, our Self. We left off last class with some discussion of the 19th Anucheda, which is the Anucheda where Jiva Goswami introduces his reasoning as to the significance of Srimad Bhagavatam. He begins by quoting uh, some verses uh, from other Puranas to justify his position and to distinguish the Srimad Bhagavatam from the other Puranic texts that are available. So from the Matsa Purana, 
some characteristics of Srimad Bhagavatam have been presented by Jiva Goswami in this 19th Anucheda. It contains reference to, through the word Dimahi, the opening text of Srimad Bhagavatam, gives us entrance into an understanding of the objective of the Purana, which is the absolute truth, which is the objective of Gayatri Mantra. Now, as we proceed through some of these additional Anuchedas, he will concentrate thoroughly on uh, this reference to Gayatri here in Tattva Sandarbha, only to readdress it again in the Paramatma Sandarbha in the 105th, 106th Anucheda there, he deals again with uh, the beginning text of Srimad Bhagavatam and specifically bringing out uh, the significance of the Gayatri Mantra. So uh, in two places he deals with this. I would say he's doing so in a preliminary fashion here just to establish the validity of his argument Srimad Bhagavatam is truly the essence, the cream of all the Puranas. So it has, it contains, both at the beginning and the end, reference to Gayatri Mantra. And we'll come to later discussion of where at the end of Srimad Bhagavatam it's discussed. It discusses the killing of Ritrasura, and it discusses uh, the benediction that one can receive by having some some relationship with the Bhagavatam. Uh, specifically, complete ending of material existence simply by copying the text. It's only 18,000 verses. And from a throne, a lion's throne, because this is the lion of all literature, the king of the beasts, giving, giving it uh, during the month of uh, Bhadra, August, September, to a worthy recipient. If those qualifications are met, your material existence ceases. Uh, it contains 18,000 verses. So these are just characteristics. Jiva is pointing out characteristics. Again, it's interesting when we tuddy, study his Sundarbas is to, to understand the, the reference and the necessity for some of his evidence and arguments as being necessary for the culture of his day. Uh, maybe not be so necessary now, but we're not going, to, not going to neglect those parts, but rather learn from his methodology how evidence to support our spiritual position can be dealt with according to the culture in which one is presenting Krishna consciousness today. You will see the need for this particular reference to Srimad Bhagavatam and its characteristics a little bit later uh, as, we, as we proceed through the arguments the necessity becomes apparent. He goes on to to make reference to the fact that if we look at all, the whole corpus of what Vyasadeva presented to us, all the literatures, that it all culminates in Srimad Bhagavatam. First, Vyasadeva 
had to reintroduce all the Vedic knowledge because it had been lost, and we touched upon how it was lost through the curse of a Brahmana who was tricked by other Brahmanas. So he took their their method of spiritual nourishment from them, and they they made some appeal uh, that made it all the way up to the top. And uh, Krishna himself, Vyasudeva, Vasudev, Narayan, he came as Veda Vyas and reinstated the Vedas, restated the Vedas, proceeded to to write them down in, in literature. And he presented the four Vedas in literature, he presented the Mahabharat, which is considered the fifth Veda, compiled the, all the different Puranas, and that included the Srimad Bhagavatam in its original form amongst the Vedas. And then he uh, he gave us the Vedanta Sutra. And that leads up to the time in Srimad Bhagavatam itself where he's not feeling content. And we the pastime is there. His discontent drew uh, the association of his guru to him. And in that association, he was given instruction so that he could find his spiritual contentment for the service that he was doing of presenting the Vedas in a representation of the Srimad Bhagavatam in a way that highlighted its significance amongst everything else that he had done. So there's there's some other significant points being made here, specifically in the commentary regarding the specific version and commentary that was very pleasing to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that of uh, Sridhar Swami, and his commentary in specific regards to the inclusion of Gayatri in the very first verse, the fact that this this is the ripened fruit of all Vedic knowledge, as as the Bhagavatam itself tells us, Nigama Kalpa Toror, Galitam Thalam, O expert and thoughtful men, relish Srimad Bhagavatam, the mature fruit of the desire tree of Vedic literatures. We continue from there to understand the compassionate disposition that is available through the Bhagavatam. It does not have all these strict requirements. Although it contains the essence of Gayatri, the message of Gayatri, which is a Vedic mantra, one does not have to be qualified to chant Vedic mantras to enter into the ex, the supreme explanation of the topmost of Vedic mantras, Gayatri, it's available to everyone through Srimad Bhagavatam, through this literature. For that reason, we only find the one word, Dimahi, in the opening text. It gives reference to the fact that the Gayatri is given as a full explanation in the text but it doesn't give away the Vedic mantra, which one would not be qualified to chant. But it carries, the whole text carries its essence. little definition for Gayatri, what does Gayatri mean? Ganat, what is sung, and Trayate, gives deliverance. So Gayatri is Veda Mata, the mother of uh, all the Vedas. If we look at Gayatri, some interesting information there. Of course, we begin all Vedic mantras with Om. The next expression is the Gayatri mantra. Uh, It is 
as we said, the it is the topmost of all the Vedic mantras. Uh, next we have the Vedanta Sutra, which is an explanation of Gayatri. And then Gayatri reaches its fullest expression in Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the Krishna conception of the Supreme Absolute Truth. Of course, the Gaudiyas go one step further in their understanding of Gayatri. <coughs> And they, they see the Gayatri Mantra as the flute sound of Krishna. That song is singing, Radha Padam Dimahi, serve the lotus feet of Radha. So this is the song that Krishna's flute sings, and this is what draws the Gaudiyas, is this particular aspect and explanation of Gayatri. As we go forward here in these Anuchedas, in this section of Tattva Sandarbha, there will be regarding, regarding how different different people look at Gayatri. But ultimately, Jiva Goswami takes us to the conception, the Krishna conception of Gayatri as being the topmost. Our self-determined effort in entering into the meditation of Gayatri is... Radhadasham. We're determined through our Gayatri to somehow or other attain that position of service to Srimati Radharani. Uh, that is the Gaudiya conception. There's a very nice presentation in that rega- regard from uh, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, which uh, one can read and, and s- gives a mature. Uh, commentary on how he arrived at this uh, conclusion, and uh, and how and how that's every word in the Gayatri mantra is pointing at Radha Dasya, the service of Radha. Now we come to um, Anucheda twenty, characteristics of Srimad Bhagavatam. So characteristics of Srimad Bhagavatam, Anucheda twenty. Again, some characteristics. Jiva does repeat himself in order to fortify his positions. So we'll find that he quotes in Tattva Sandarbha differing texts which say almost the same thing to, m- to make sure that we understand what he's presenting to us has significant and sufficient praman evidence to support it. So he now quotes at the beginning of this Anucheta from the Skanda Purana. He says, we find in the Skanda Purana a similar statement as we just gave you from the Matya Purana. This Purana known as Srimad Bhagavatam recounts the deeds of humans and devas in the Sarasvat Kalpa, explains the ways, the way of supreme truth in terms of Gayatri, and narrates the slaying of Ritrasura. It has 18,000 verses. Whoever writes out a copy of the Bhagavatam places it on a golden lion throne and presents it to a worthy person on the full moon day of the month of Bhadra who attract the supreme destination. It says, we'll attain the supreme destination. It doesn't say... Only by this will you attain the supreme destination. 
Then he goes on and says, these verses are also found in the Agni Purana. So these same verses are in different Puranas. Yet another Purana cited by the Bhagavatam commentary of Sridhar Swami, which we just mentioned was so dear to Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, confirms the epistemological validity of Srimad Bhagavatam thus. The Purana known as Srimad Bhagavatam contains 18,000 verses divided into 12 cantos, begins with Gayatri, describes the transcendental knowledge Brahma Vidya imparted by Hari Griva, and narrates the slaying of Ritrasura. Uh, there's a footnote uh, on this Anucheta by the author, uh, Sachin Das, and he says that this exact reading from the Agni Purana, he was able to trace it to a specific verse, but in a, a variant reading. So understand, the time, there's some time reference here. We're talking 500 years after Srila Jiva Goswami gave us his Tattvas and Tarvas, and Sridhar Swami's commentary on the Agni, uh, on the Srimad Bhagavatam, where he quoted a verse from the Agni Purana, was a time before that, because his Bhagavatam was available before Sri Chaitanya advented. Now, remember that this can happen at, from our earlier discussions. The Vedas themselves have very strict rules that are followed, so we won't find any variations in the Vedas themselves over time. There, there's, there's strict rules to keep the text in an exact sequence with the exact intonation of all the other rules and most of it lost now to us in Kali Yuga, but there is a very strict standard. However, in the Puranic texts, we, will, we may find variation over time, and that is acceptable because those extremely strict rules that apply to the specific Sanskrit, it's a different Sanskrit, it's not a common Sanskrit, do not apply to the Vedic Sanskrit of the, of the Veda, the core Veda itself, the four Vedas. He goes on uh, to discuss the Brahma Vidya imparted by Hari Griva. Here refers to the armor of Narayan. We have some some knowledge of the pastime of Ritrasura, how Indra had taken, taken instruction on how to deal with Ritrasura and kill him, and was instructed to what? To, to approach Didachi and request his bones so that he could fortify us and make a specific thunder, thunderbolt that he could engage in battle with. The narration here begins by some explanation of when we say Hari Griva, Jiva Goswami here is specifically referring to Dadachi because there's different Hari Grivas. Hari Griva means what? Horse-headed. So there's a whole narration as to Dadachi agreed to give the Asvini, uh, Asvini Kumaras, who were physicians, Vedic knowledge, knowledge of the Vedas. 
he had promised them that he would he would do this, and then he was he was told if you cannot do this, they do not have the qualification for Vedic knowledge. He knew that if he imparted this knowledge, he'd lose his head. The Asvini Kumaras, being physicians, they said no problem, mm-hmm. and they performed some great operation, and they gave him the head of a horse, knowing that his his head, this head would be removed after he was found out by Indra. Mm-hmm. The Asvini head first before he told. Before he yes, before he imparted the knowledge. Okay, the Kumaras, the Asvini Kumaras, heard Vedic knowledge from the horse's mouth, <laughs> and then uh, he lost his head, and the Asvini Kumaras gave him his regular head back. So, oh. and this is the this is the Dachi. So this is the Hari Griva that we're speaking of here. This again is being given to us to deal with a specific situation. There were, apparently, at the time, scholars who did not accept Srimad Bhagavatam as that Bhagavatam that was being referred to in the other Puranas as the topmost. They accepted the Devi Bhagavatam. Interesting correspondence between the two. They both have a narration of the killing of Ritrasura. They both have 18,000 verses. Um, When it's mentioned a lion's throne, Davy rides on the throne of the lion. So they interpret it that that means Davy, 12 cantos in both Bhagavatams. So in order to counter this, and the, the narration is there of, of the killing of Ritrasura, but it's narrated differently. Ritrasura in the Srimad Bhagavatam is killed by a thunderbolt from Indra made from the bones of Dadachi with the Narayan Kuvacha, the prayers to Lord Narayan placed on the diff- on the body both of throughout of Didachi, that's what made his bones so hard and penetrable, and also on the body of Indra. So the Narayan, um, that that is the power that allowed Ritrasura to be killed. Now in the Devi Bhagavatam, Ritrasura is also killed. But he's killed um, also with a thunderbolt, but he's killed with a thunderbolt that is has other characteristics. Um, apparently, Vritrasura received a benediction. Um, that he would not be killed by any weapon that was wood or iron, wet or dry. That sounds pretty good. Just reminded of this, of, of Haranyakasipu trying to make some arrangements. So Vritrasura, he made some, 
some request, and he was given a boon from Brahma also, and that was it. He won't be killed by an, uh, a weapon that's uh, iron or wood or wet or dry. Um, so Indra took help in the Devi Bhagavatam narration from from Vishnu himself, and Vishnu told him, you go to see Devi and she will help you. So following Devi's instruction, he he befriended Vritra, became his friend, and then late one day at dusk, uh, he tricked him. And he killed him with a thunderbolt which was covered with ocean foam. So it wasn't wet or dry. It wasn't iron or wood. He was killed with a thunderbolt of foam. Jiva Goswami says, we need to understand that the Srimad Bhagavatam is the Bhagavatam these other Puranas are referring to when they talk about the topmost Bhagavatam. For a few reasons. But the primary reason that we place the Srimad Bhagavatam above the Devi Bhagavatam is, of course, the objective of the audience, the readership of the Devi Bhagavatam is, of course, is the mode of passion, material acquisition, material um, acquire, acquisition, acquiring, mm -hmm. acquiring heavenly planets, acquiring something, mode of passion. It's directed to that audience. That isn't to say that mention of the Supreme Absolute Truth is there throughout all the Puranas, but certain Puranas, as we mentioned, address the three modes of material nature and, and are written in such a way as to be attractive to people in those particular modes. But what we find is in Srimad Bhagavatam, when talking about the supreme absolute truth, all the great Vaishnavacharyas, Sankara, Madhvacharya, Ramanujacharya, Vallabhacharya, Gopal Bhatta, Sadatan Goswami, Rupa Goswami, uh, they quote the Srimad Bhagavatam when they're talking about the Supreme Absolute Truth. They do not quote the Devi Bhagavatam. This is the primary reason and his argument of his day as to why when you hear in the other Puranas of 18,000 verses, 12 cantos, story of Ritrasura, it's Srimad Bhagavatam, not Devi Bhagavatam. Then we also talk, he talks about and brings up the, the appearance of Srimad Bhagavatam. Specifically the Srimad Bhagavatam that's coming as the final conclusion of the, the Samadhi Bhasha of Srila Vyasadeva. Coming from his entering into Samadhi and, and realizing the way to to glorify the Supreme unequivocally in one literature that would stand out amongst everything else that he had presented to humanity. 
Krishnaswa Dharmapagate Dharma Jnana Dibisaha Kalaunasta Dusamesa Puranarko Dunodita. This Bhagavat Purana is as brilliant as the sun, and it has arisen after the departure of Lord Krishna to his own abode, accompanied by religion, knowledge, etc. Persons who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of ignorance in the age of Kali shall get light from this Purana. And he also mentions in the Padma Purana, it says that Srimad Bhagavatam has appeared as his very self. I remember we're in a section where he's he's starting, he's he's glorifying Srimad Bhagavatam and accepting it and presenting it as a Purusheya and his supreme Praman and the Praman upon which true spiritual inquiry should be established. So going forward to the 21st Anucheda, Srimad Bhagavatam establishes the meaning of the Mahabharata. He quotes, he begins this Anucheda with a quote from the Garuda Purana. This Bhagavatam is the most complete of the Puranas, all the 18 and 18, it embodies the essential meaning of Vedanta Sutra. It establishes the meaning of Mahabharata. It is a commentary on Gayatri. It explains and expands the meaning of the Vedas. It is the Sama Veda of the Puranas. And it is the direct utterance of the Supreme Absolute, Sri Bhagavan. It has 12 cantos, hundreds of chapters, and 18,000 verses. It is called Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's a natural commentary. Simple, makes sense. On the Vedanta Sutra. And it gives us the essence of the Mahabharata. And what is the significance of that? The Mahabharata is large literature. How many? 100,000 verses. Even the 100,000 that we have here is sufficient. But primarily because of the way the narration goes, in the very center, the Bhagavad Gita, the essence. But to look at the work as a whole, we'll see that the absolute truth is there, and emphasis is given, but also emphasis is given to Artha, Dharma, Karma, and Moksha. He goes on in the, in the second part of the Sanacheda to, to say that there's, there's other commentaries because of this quote of this verse, that it is what? It is the mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. And then he says, if there's other commentaries on the Vedanta Sutra, they're acceptable only if they resonate with the conclusion provided in Srimad Bhagavatam. As we said, the Mahabharata is the conclusion of all scriptures, and Srimad Bhagavatam reveals its meaning. If you look at what is the essence of the Mahabharata, the Srimad Bhagavatam reveals that essence. It brings out Vasudev, Krishna. Now there is a section in the Mahabharata, Narayan Iya section, and Janamijaya uh, says there to Srila Vyasudev, just as butter can be extracted from yogurt, sandalwood from the Malayan mountains, the Upanishads can be extracted from the Vedas as an essence, 
Life-giving nectar can be extracted from herbs. So he's giving us a few things to give us a, a relationship. Highest knowledge extracted in Narayaniya from 100,000 verses of Mahabharat. It's the repository of Sri Narayan, nectar of immortality. Uh, again, to, to, to point out that really the essence of the Mahabharat is the worship of Lord Narayan. Also to be noted is a support is given from the Bhagavatam as to the fact that actually Vyasudeva gave us two versions of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And that support comes... Oh, I didn't take note of the actual verse. Sa-samitam bhagavatam kritvanu kramya chatmajam sukam ajapayam asa nivriti niratam muni. So in there, in the commentary to this verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives commentary to the fact that a new kramya from the verse Kritvanu Kramya Chatmajam means new or revised. So this verse from the Bhagavatam itself gives evidence to Srila Vyasudev's presenting the Bhagavatam twice. First when he originally did the 18 Puranas and then again after as a Samadhi Bhashya after he received instruction from Narada. The great sage Vyasadeva, after compiling the Srimad Bhagavatam and revising it, taught it to his own son, Sri Sukadeva Goswami, who was already engaged in self-realization. Another notice is uh, given some interesting statistics on the Mahabharat, which I'll share from you, with you. So at one point, the sages, they took the Mahabharat, and they took all the other Vedas and Puranas, and they put them on a scale the liter literary presentations, and the Mahabharata was more. Now, the Mahabharata originally has six million verses, and we have, what, a hundred thousand here on earth. Well, what if you want to read the other uh, four, five million, nine hundred thousand? Uh, you can find three million in the celestial planets. You can find one and a half million on the planets of the forefathers. And you can find 1.4 million in the planets of the Gandharvas. And then we have 100,000 here. But again, Mahabharata is more versatile than the Vedas. It has no restrictions and anyone can read it. However, only the Moksha Dharma, the Dharma of liberation, that section and a few other sections glorify Lord Narayan as supreme. Throughout the Mahabharata, there's so many glorifications, but Narayan is not the supreme glorification throughout the whole text. However, in Srimad Bhagavatam, and here again, this is to glorify Srimad Bhagavatam, everything is related to the Supreme Lord. He's the exclusive focus. Anucheda 22 proceeds to establish, Srimad Bhagavatam establishes the meaning of Mahabharata. So Jiva Goswami, again, is, is taking the focus. And we can see at the time in the culture how, and even today in India, 
how much the narrations from the Mahabharata reveal. They have just, they love the pastimes of the Mahabharata. He's trying to take us, who are interested in the absolute truth, and other readers of his Sandarbhas, to the point of, yes, I recognize the fact that you love the narrations of Mahabharata. But Srimad Bhagavatam has so much more to offer you when it comes to knowledge of yourself. The Bhagavatam is, is certainly glorious, but the essence of all Vedic literatures is the Bhagavatam. And it, if you want to know what's the meaning of what's in the Mahabharata, then take shelter of Srimad Bhagavatam and you'll find what's the essence there. So I'll stop there for this evening. Are there any questions? I have a question. Yes. Uh, it's not about what you're talking directly, but it's about commentary on, on, uh, on Vedanta Sutra that Bhada uh, Vidya Bhushan, that he was told that, you know, you guys don't have a commentary on Vedanta Sutra. The Gaudiya Vaishnavas, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who was that who said that to him? Because I forgot... The the other sampradayas, other Vaishnav sampradayas, other Vaishnav sampradayas of the day were saying, "Okay, you're saying you have a sampradaya based on this Shaitanya, and you accept Srimad Bhagavatam as as your commentary, but that's that's not the way it's done. In this, what we have here is the way it's done is if you want to establish." A new sampradaya, which has a different istadev goal than one of the existing sampradayas, a different conception of the absolute truth, and a different sambanda, abhideya, prayojan. You need to give us a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra to justify your sampradaya and its conclusions. So you need to give give a commentary. And then, new commentary, I think uh, there's some other requirements, new T-lock, uh, and some other things I'm not fully familiar with, that uh, were, <clears throat> what you would say, the credentials of the day for a bona fide Sampradaya. So all of the Sampradayas, Ramanuja Sampradaya, Madhva Sampradaya, Bhava Sampradaya, they all... They all they have a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. But the Gaudiyas, they said, we don't need one. The Srimad Bhagavatam says it all. And they said, well, okay, but still, in, in order to be a fully accredited Sampradaya, we need you to follow the rules. Yeah, so. And then what happened? Well, he was approached by the Vaishnavs and requested to do the service to satisfy the I guess you would say it would be a demand for accreditation from the others. We need, you know, we make this demand upon you. And they approached him and said, you, you can do this for us. You're competent. And he felt completely incompetent. So he went to uh, the deity. Which, was that Madame Mahan? Govinda. Oh, Govinda. And You're Govinda said, on? okay, I'll help you. I'll dictate it. You just write it down. That's why it's called the Govinda Basha.
of Baladeva Dubusha. Anything else? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.